And a very good evening, everybody. It's Monday night. It's 9 p.m. here in the UK, but uh, not in Vancouver. It's not. And from Vancouver, we're joined by uh, Pro Tops Project 70 artist Lauren Taylor. Lauren, a very good evening. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, it's Simon. I haven't even had lunch yet, but. No. <laughs> uh, thanks. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for taking the time. And of course, I'm joined by my co-host, uh, uh, Jason. Jason, good evening. How are you? Doing well. Very excited. This is this is what I've been waiting for. Uh, so I cover all all the Project 2020, Project 70 stuff. So I'm super excited to have Lauren on the show. I've been following her Instagram for about two years here. She does fantastic work. I can't wait to hear more about the Northwest roots because we have that in common here. And I'm definitely going to throw some questions her way. She's probably not expecting. Yeah, yeah. I was I was saving it. I didn't mention this in our in our little sort of ten minute pre show while I dealt with the usual technical problems. But uh, yeah, Jason is Jason's fanboy and pretty hard tonight, Lauren. I'll be honest with you. So <laughs> he's he's be, flattered. Yeah, um, yeah. So I could very much just be taking a bit of a back seat in tonight's episode, but that's okay. Fair enough. Hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I so, love that you got the kingdom in the background for me. Yeah, so, you know. yeah, yeah. I, I tried. I don't have a Seattle hat, so this is a, this is actually a team Scotland baseball. Yeah, it's team Scotland baseball, and it was designed by Jason, so you can see where he got his influence from. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah, so um, as always, everybody, we're live tonight on Twitch. We're on the Tea and Tops Twitch channel tonight. That's twitch.tv slash Tea and Tops. We're also live on YouTube. Uh, we don't have a fancy YouTube URL yet because we have about two subscribers and we need, I think, 100 to get a proper URL. So please give us a like on YouTube. Uh, and we're also live on Facebook tonight as well. And as always, if you have any questions as we go through uh, tonight for either myself or Jason, but we're not going to ask Jason any questions tonight. Uh, so if it's questions for Lauren, uh, get them in and uh, I'll catch them as we go. Uh, okay. So Jason, I'll let you lead. I'll let you lead. You got the questions here. I got a bunch of questions here. So let you start off. Well, I suppose first of all, we should cover a, a small bit of admin and say that obviously uh, we usually start with a little bit of news. Uh, we're going to forego the news tonight um, and just get straight into the interview because obviously Lauren... Um, uh, has taken time out of, our, of a really hectic schedule uh, to to come and join us. So I guess, Lauren, my first question is, uh, I'm super excited to get a teal autograph of the Lou Gehrig card. So do you know when Tops are delivering your cards? Yeah. <laughs> I got a notice today, actually, right before I got on here, that it looks like it's been shipped. And um, for whatever reason, the larger orders ship quite quickly. So um, I think we'll have them before the holiday weekend. So um, as soon as I have them in hand is when I usually post them. I try not to um, post it before then. So very soon, I would say within a week. So Excellent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is it going to be another 4 a.m. signing session or are you hoping to crank it out in better times? Oh, it'll, it'll be 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I've slept very little. Yeah. yeah I'm getting yeah. quite good at it. I'm getting really good at it, which is, is, is alarming, but also probably good. I, I have a bit, I learned a little bit more, um, you know, after the first one, what, what took so long and what to kind of avoid and um, the hardest part, honestly, was taking that top sticker off and I bought my stickers to go over the exact same size. And when you pull that top sticker off, the gum line oh. is a, so getting that sticker perfectly on it was, uh, I'd have to like hold it just right in the light and like careful. Yeah. So that, that, uh, that took a significant amount of time. Like, so that uh, lesson learned there, um, yeah, it's, slightly it's the it's these little little logistical issues that you that you don't think of. Yeah, they're, they're you know, always you on. Right. You're like, oh, this is gonna take me. Oh, I'll just do a quick little live, and then I'll be done in two hours. It was like three days later. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, just hanging, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my god, I feel so ill. I'm so tired. But um, yeah, they they're they're out, and uh, there's still a few orders are still trickling in for the 
um, few Aaron judge ones that are left, but for the most part, um, starting to see people post mail days and starting to see them pop up. So that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It must be quite gratifying when you see the people uh, posting pictures of them excitedly opening, opening your cards and, and stuff like that. I imagine is it? It was, yeah. Cause I mean, honestly, in the beginning, it, it's weird having someone want my autograph. So <laughs> I was kind of waiting for, you know, it's weird. I kind of am always bracing myself on social media for like getting like burned alive because sometimes social media is terrifying. Um, so I was kind of waiting for the first few people to get it and be like, what the hell is this? Like, you know, just because you never know. Um, but they were all very positive. So I was like, whoo, okay, got that out of the way. You know, I, I tried to do a really good job of packing and, and trying to make it look nice. And um, I, I've always been very picky about how I place my signature. I know some artists just right over the top, but I'm, I've always been very strategic with how I like to sign even my originals and prints. So um, you'll see that on the Garrig as well, but I try and, you know, it'll be opposite side of the, the Garrig signature that's within the jersey. It'll be on the other shoulder. Um, I, try and, I try and not disrupt the art and instead compliment it. Um, but yeah, I, I'll be honest, I was a little bit nervous for the first few to get posted, but once they did and people seemed to really appreciate them and then that kind of brought on a few more sales, but I'm, I'm just about out of those. So um, yeah, it was a success. It, it's really weird. I was explaining to my parents that my autograph was selling and they're like, they've gone to the attic and pulled out your original school photos and said that and put them on eBay these days now. Well, I'm like, my mom's like, well, I bought some. If you sign them, can I put them on eBay? I'm like, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is it your mom that's got all the bots that's taken all the the artist proofs before anyone oh, else can get them? She is not. She has no bots. Yeah. I just, <laughs> <laughs> my yeah. parents every other day are like, "So is there a card today?" I'm like, "Nope. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'll let you know." They they they're supportive and they want to get it, but it just it's the it's a it's a it's a lot to grasp when you're not a card collector and, you know, it's kind of getting into this with some people like getting into it, but trying to, there's a gentleman that's putting kind of a, a mosaic prism um, film yes. on top of the card. Yeah. And I was getting tagged in it because my Aaron judge card, and I'm also learning now I'm starting to learn. I don't have to respond to every time I'm tagged because I don't have enough hours in the day. <laughs> um, and sometimes I swear to God, they're booby traps, but um, I was like, I don't really care. I just feel like it's a little misleading saying tops, project 70, Aaron judge, number 11, Lauren Taylor, and then just buy so-and-so whoever made it and leaving the top sticker on there. And I was like, cause people like my mother or a friend who's trying to get a gift will think they're buying a really rare version of the card. And I have no idea that it's just a sticker, like a film and it, they don't actually get it. So I was like trying to explain this to people yesterday that not everybody in this card world understands all these, all the different verbiage. And yeah, it, it was a fat, it was a fight. I wasn't winning. So I just kind of was like, I'm going to head to bed. Good night guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what I'm supposed to say here. I just, uh, yeah, I don't want, it's a confusing world at best, you know, the prisms and the parallels and all the different stuff the foils and what weight is my package and is it a one of one? Like, <laughs> yes, I yes. I started doing it though. I'm like, what's the weight of my package? <laughs> don't, do it. don't do it. Don't ruin you. You're just going to make yourself crazy. Like stop it. So yeah. Uh, it's, it's you sure hands up. I do that. Like I get everything shipped to an address and I yeah. get the UPS thing. Like, Oh, how much? Oh, okay. There's nothing. So are, you, um, are you the one that I sent to get it shipped by chance? No, there's a few different places to do it. Uh, okay. That's not me. 
Um, I've noticed places from from overseas that have like a yeah same with what I do in the states I guess but yeah you get to go down to Blaine and it would say how familiar are you with Blaine? Uh, it's where my mailbox is usually but I can't get to it right now so <laughs> yeah I'm uh, waiting for that um, need to be able to cross the border so I can stop paying an arm and a leg for top loaders for prints because and everything in general it's just they yeah. So, so Graham, just to kind of fill you into this, so there's two ways to kind of get from Vancouver to Seattle. There is the normal way where the P-Charge is, it's lovely, you get a view of the water, and then you have the trucker way, which is go through Blaine, and that's where everyone goes that way. So if, if you're a local, you, you go through Blaine because it's longer nothing, and quicker. Nothing more discouraging, though, when you go through Blaine and suddenly it's slower and you're like, oh, <laughs> I don't I, everyone thinks they're outsmarting it at the same time and then no one goes to Blaine and all of us dummies are in or no one goes to the Peace Arch and all of us dummies that think we're smarter than everyone else we're just sitting in line together like whoops well plan that one wrong but uh, yeah, I just have uh, to learn that the border is a toss-up I just pick one or the other and cross my fingers because you know yeah, yeah I, I feel it's worth explaining to the wider audience that both Jason and Lauren hail from the Pacific Northwest uh, so yeah, yeah it, this could get this could get semi-regional at times, but, <laughs> but that's, per that's perfectly fine. To be fair, Graham did come to, has been to Seattle, so and Bellevue, so he knows the okay. area somewhat. I know, I know the area somewhat. Yeah, if you're about two hours north, you would know you would know what we're talking about. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you'd be maybe you'd be as weird as I am at the border crossing. It's like suddenly I forget how to answer very easy questions <laughs> like you have ten thousand dollars cash on you i'm like no <laughs> like, i start acting so weird like i've never had ten thousand dollars of cash in my life but suddenly i start talking like i'm hiding i'm like <laughs> no why do you do you like i just i act like such an idiot. people in the car with me are always like we're getting pulled up we're gonna have to go do it. god like, I know I panicked. And then they ask if I have any weapons. And I, I suddenly I'm like, do I have a gun? And of course I don't. Like, I just, <laughs> uh, I get nervous. I don't know what I'm, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Little yeah, tip well, about me. On, on that same trip, we made a similar border crossing when we flew cross country to Buffalo and got picked up by one of our friend's dads. And we crossed the, the U.S.-Canadian border in yeah. a minivan with like eight of us and luggage in it. And I was basically jammed in the back, covered in cases. And just an arm appeared with a passport. Uh, yeah. and I managed to get in fine well, so. like yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah I can be very like they're like she's hiding something I'm like not <laughs> I don't know what happens to me it's like it's like when I go to the bar I just get weird I don't know what happened I just I, I forgot a lot of people so yeah yeah so um you obviously mentioned a little bit there um about the uh, I don't know the the community. That's 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 a very nice way of putting it. The community. Um, so obviously, I, I think you do really well because you're by far, I think, the most active artist. Certainly, that uh, that on the Facebook community, and I, I guess that comes with its positive, positive and negative side as well. I don't, I won't recant uh, uh, some like the worst of it, but it, overall, in general, how have you how have you found? coming into this world of men obsessed by pictures of other men on on cards well um you know like you said there's been i try i've always been very engaged in the audience because i think i'm acutely aware that what life was like before this and and that i love doing what i do and without customers and without people buying my art this is just a hobby and so i've always tried to engage and and 
show kindness and, and, and gratitude. And, um, that's kind of how I built my business was being very engaged and, and, um, really active with, with customers. Um, so suddenly going from, you know, pretty sharp growth anyway, over the last year, but then to suddenly be a part of the tops project as a one woman, two dog show over here, it was like the increase of things to get done and trying to learn how to hire and let go of things um, has been a big growing point for me, trying to be okay with not being the last person to touch a shipment, um, which is still something I'm working on. I'm, <laughs> I still am like, you, there's no way you know how to put this in the box. I have to do it. Like, of course they do. They, they can figure it out. But um, I just, it's, it's kind of my baby. I, I mean, I grew this, um, I'm sure we'll get more into this later, but I grew this in the darkest time of my life. And it's, it's, something that came out of it and it, it's everything to me. So um, engaging with people is important, but I also am an anxious person and, I'm, and I don't like when people don't like me. And I'm very, um, even people that shouldn't matter start to matter if they don't like me. And it's, it's something I've struggled with my whole life. And so that's been, I've been generally treated really well in these groups, but occasionally, um, you know, I don't have any problem if someone doesn't like my art or that's not true. I, I would love everyone to like my art. No one loves being told like your art looks like hell, you know, no one likes that, but um, you know, that comes with the territory, you know, so I've, I've gotten better at kind of being like, yeah, okay, whatever, delete, or anyone could do that. Okay, then do it like delete, you know, um, you know, so those, those things I'm getting better at, but there was a point where it became about my gender. And that's when I kind of pushed back against the group and was like, enough, or I'm just not gonna engage anymore. Um, don't mistake my kindness as manipulation mm. um, because that was what it came down to. People were like, you know, manipulating uh, men who have not been laid by their wives. And that bothered me because it was like taking something that is, I really try and be kind to people. And so then taking that and making it about something different and in such an ugly way, I was like, would you accuse any of the other men artists, the male artists of doing that if they were being nice to female, you know, um, collectors? Probably not. And so, you know, it, it, it came, it got frustrating for me. And then a few like just grotesque comments about, you know, OnlyFans accounts and things like that, where I was just like, you know, I'm going to say something because it's important for me, not only to say it for me and that I see it and it's not okay, but for any other little girl or, or kid that, that follows along, or, you know, they need to know it's okay to say like this, my art has nothing to do with gender. And it already sucks that there's only five out of 51 people in this project that are women. Um, so am I a raging feminist? Absolutely not. But at some point you, it's okay to say like, you guys treat me like you would treat any of the other artists and, or I'm not going to spend so much time engaging. And so it's been like kind of this toss, like I kind of go back and forth, you know, my business partner's like, you need to chill on the engagement or you're going to burn out. And I'm like, that's how we built this thing. And he's like, but it's how you're going to ruin the thing, the thing, if you, you know, are always worried about, um, you know, making sure everybody's answered to. And the thing is, everybody's got an idea for what card you should do. Everyone's got an idea of how this card should look or what player you should do, or, you know what, what if you incorporated this? And it takes the fun out of it a little bit because you guys don't actually want us to do what you want. Trust me, because if you do, it, it won't look, it won't be as fun because we, we make art that speaks to us. 
and we hope that you guys like it. And so sometimes when, when people are constantly telling you what player and how to, how to do it and which photo you should do and stuff, it's like, I, I, they're very well intentioned and they don't bother me, but I think people don't realize they actually don't really want that. And if we started trying to do everything everybody wanted, these would just be like the photo baseball cards you see that you can get anywhere else. So um, I'm learning, I'm learning. And, and, you know, one of the other artists uh, in the project gave me very good advice the other night. I was feeling very overwhelmed. And he said, delete all the apps off your phone. And I was like, okay, so I did. And then I found myself when I was out and about, it wasn't just a nervous thing where I was, I was just scrolling through, seeing my name tagged, feeling like I have to respond. Um, and instead I did it on my own time when I got back to my computer and was ready to do it. So I think it's going to be a constant battle for me in general with my career is just learning to, to just be able to create and not start to resent what I do. Cause I never want to resent what I do. Mm. I absolutely love it right now. I love the engagement. I love the people and I don't want to get to a point where I feel like I'm tugged in 800 directions and I can't keep up. So that's kind of the long of the short of it. I hope people keep tagging me in their mail days. I hope people keep commenting to me and I just need to, to learn to be okay with the fact that I might not be able to get every single person a response and just be okay with that. Yeah. I trust that they'll understand that too. So yeah. I'm always amazed how much you respond back to people. I mean, it's not Instagram, it's Twitter, but it's not Twitter, it's Facebook. I mean, you know, it's 24 well, seven. Also art and shipping. And I know I'm like, no wonder I don't get any sleep. God. Um, but yeah, I've also, someone also gave me another artist said, think of it like, um, almost like autographs. You don't, you don't have to be so available. Your time doesn't have to be so easy to get. Like it's okay to, make comments because then they're more special when it's not, you're not always there. Like nobody's able to always, well, there are people in that group that are always able to comment, but not everyone <laughs> generally can. So I don't need to either. And, and so I'm learning that that's going to be, you know, a really, I think a, it's going to, I think, become a sharper learning curve for me in the next few cards. Um, as more and more people start to complain about, um, you know, repeat players or repeat teams and, you know, learning to trust that this is a, this is a fun art project and something I would have never dreamed I get to do as a kid. So who cares if someone doesn't like that it's a, another Yankee or another Dodger or another, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. or whatever, like it's what makes me happy. And that's at the end of the day, that's going to show in my art. So, um, yeah. It, it's a learning curve, but yeah. overall, just so all the people watching are clear, I have no problem with, with people tagging me. Um, and I do like to engage. I just need to find a happy medium a little bit sometimes. So, so that I can yeah. keep making stuff, running out of time to make art. I made a lot of new. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other part. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. That thing, that, that art thing you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing that yeah. makes me, you know, oh, oh God. Yeah. Uh, ah. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned. Obviously, uh, we've had a few questions coming already, um, uh, sure. mostly around uh, future cards and things like that, which you probably mm -hmm. can't say too much about. Um, Let's not go there because I said like everyone's going to ask those questions anyways. It's okay. I don't mind answering. Them. Go for it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you want to? Uh, okay. Yeah. Without, I don't have program. any problem being honest. If I can't answer it, I won't answer it. But yeah, um, I mean, without mentioning specific players. Um, how uh, the the overarching question i guess that a lot of people have is just how much freedom do you have to choose your subjects is i guess the simplest way to ask the question all i pretty much any player that they have a license to we we can create um there was you know um 
I wanted to do Bo Jackson. I've wanted to do Bo Jackson since day one. They've not been able to get rates with him yet. So that's one card that I really, really want to do, but can't. Um, but that doesn't mean like Mickey Mantle, they might, they might get the license, you know, in a month. And then I need to figure out who I am going to move out of my list. And so as time goes on, it gets harder and harder to know, like which, which players you want to push towards the back just in case. And also trying to move with the, the demand, like I'm seeing people want current players Mm. more than I thought. And for me, as a licensed MLB artist, I don't get to do a lot of these older players because they have separate rights with the states and they aren't covered under my MLB license. So I thought I want to be creating things that people can't buy in prints in my store. Um, but that isn't necessarily the case. It's a different, it's a different world. It's a different set of customers. So it's been a learning curve and it's going to continue to be one. And we have, we do tops has been very good about letting us pick our people. Um, we didn't get to schedule our first cards or whatever. Um, so um, as a, Red Sox fan with a dog named Fenway and Shay. I have a lot of beers for having my first card here and judge a lot of friends. They're like, what's your first card? I'm like, um, Aaron, they're like Hank. I'm like, mm. I just say Aaron and they're like, Oh, Hank, Aaron. So good. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. And then another Yankee right after, but Lou Gehrig transcends his jersey. He could he could be on a team and yeah. be. Graham was very excited. That's just one of his favorite all time players. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I am a Yankees fan. I was trying to keep that out, thank, out of the conversation. Thank you. Yeah. Now, now, we both admit it. We both made, we made our, our confession, so it's it's all yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Listen, the best the best my best man at my wedding is a, is a died in the wool Red Sox fan, so I have no issue. I play uh, beer league softball with Ryan Dempster's brother and. Uh, we used to joke, I said, like, you know, I appreciate you more than anyone else because you plunked A-Rod that one time. And, it's just a <laughs> and I would never encourage, you know, beating someone with a baseball, but I don't know. He was actually the first art piece I made for a professional athlete was his brother. And the back, that's all I wrote was, thank you for hitting A-Rod. <laughs> <That's laughs> and, and that that's was for the Canadian thing. Hall of Fame, right? What's that? And that was for the Canadian Hall of Fame. Yeah, so that was my first piece, and it was pretty fun. And that's when I was kind of like, "Well, this is cool. Maybe I should try this." You know, so it's a lot harder with the next athlete when you know didn't know the brother or something. I was like, "Ooh, this is hard to get a hold of people." <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it was it was fun. So yeah. So speaking of that, we know you were a competitive softball player, basketball softball player. Yeah. So the big push right now is for women to play baseball over in the UK. And we actually have the first women's league. I think there are 16 female pitchers. We definitely have one in Scotland here. Uh, okay. One of the questions from one of the ladies was, did you have a chance to play baseball when you were growing up? Or did you actually go do softball? Uh, we could have. I actually, you could have played baseball if you wanted. Um, but I actually kind of hit um, when fast pitch started to become take over slow pitch because for a while slow pitch was what the girls played um and i just as i started to get more and more serious and out of like the co-ed like t-ball and then you know minors or whatever um i moved on to and when fast pitch secretly was slow pitch because we were all young and if you just got across the plate it was a victory oh god bless <laughs> just walk in six runs then it'd be the next inning oh god <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I kind of, I was drawn to fast pitch because it was exciting and um, I could, I 
I got to see like how talented um, some of these, you know, Lisa Fernandez, you know, that era, um, Jenny Finch towards the end, but Lisa Fernandez, I remember was kind of like the first and then Kat Osterman. I mean, I got to see, to me, those, those were just as difficult to hit, if not harder than some of the, you know, the baseball and it, it's a different sport in a lot of ways, but um, yeah, I like that girls have the option are getting the option more because some may want to play baseball and said, it is kind of different swing mechanics, a much different release of the ball. It's, it's, it's a different, um, it's a different feel. It's a different vibe. There's a, there's a lot less small game involved. Um, I find in baseball and, uh, yeah, I, I love seeing if nothing else I do, I always love seeing an underdog story and girls will forever be an underdog story when they try and play baseball right now, because it is, you know, the one girl crying out for the baseball team with a bunch of dudes and I will forever be an underdog rooter because I don't think she's actually the underdog, but everyone else does. So I like to see, you know, kind of, I, I like seeing the change we're, we're slowly beginning to see with, you know, the Marlins GM and the first base coach for the giant, you know, it, it, it's a cool thing to see. So um, yeah, kudos, kudos to, uh, I could have played baseball, but I did stick with fast pitch all the way through um, uh, college. So. Cool. Yeah. So, did, uh, so who was the big team to play for in the Northwest back when you were going to college? So I know you went to Wenatchee and then ended up in Central. So the Huskies, probably. Yeah. So the Huskies, then. Yeah. I think they had the best program, and then it was um, one of my kind of mutual friends I knew through ball ended up playing for the team when they won. Um, I knew I probably, yeah, I'd say yeah, definitely the Huskies wasn't wasn't one actually guy we were we were good junior college and um i actually am really glad i didn't let that get in the way of my decision um because they did have offers from um in montana for like a university or nothing like the huskies but um and i was always really opposed to junior college and there's still kind of this general societal belief that the junior college are for like the less intelligent and the not so good athletes but it's so silly because it's a cheaper education to do the same for same two years of education you'd be doing at a different school it's that basic you gotta get in your prereqs and then you know more we were a very talented team um and we got to play you know central and exhibition games and stuff and um you know i best decision I made was getting out of my own head about, oh, what is a junior college? Well, who cares? Like if it's a good fit and it's competitive and it, for me, it was about the coach and the coach was, um, and still is a huge part of my life. I mean, she was, I knew she would not let me settle for anything less than my best. And that was more important to me than, you know, a team that maybe looks better on paper, but doesn't make me grow as a person. So, <clears throat> but don't get me wrong. Huskies did not call me. <laughs> it wasn't like the Huskies, no, not today. Not today, no. I'm making it clear to the viewers. <laughs> no, it's one of those things that, again, it, I, I myself it was going to walk on at Oregon State, and, and the coach pretty much had said, I own you 16 hours a day, and here's what your schedule is like. Enjoy. And I was like, ah, it's not for me. Yeah. So I, know. I appreciate the time and effort it takes to become a professional athlete, at least at a collegiate level. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. It's like you, you study, you train, you go home, you eat, you wake up, you train, you go to school, you train. It, it's like it's it's a schedule, and, and that's um that was the hardest thing too. And I I had to stop playing. It's like, oh my god, how do I make friends and do life? Like I just I didn't know. I'm like, what? We don't know. I don't just 
I'm not just given like 12 chicks to get along with and we have to figure out who we live with and then that's just who we hang out with forever. Like I have to actually like learn how to make friends a different way. So <clears throat> yeah, adjusting into life without uh, team sport was different for me. I what get why third base. I always so love third, third base. basement, right? Okay. I played self-defense because that's what it felt like sometimes. <laughs> I wouldn't even know what was happening. My glove would just be there. <laughs> but so, yeah, I loved it. It wasn't enough time to think. It was, um, it, it was involved in short game play a lot, which love-hate relationship with bunts um, as a third baseman. Um, especially when ladies started slap bunting. So I'd be like, oh, I'm going to be three inches from your face. And then they pull back the, the bat to slap it. And you're like, cool, might die. Um, so yeah, I, I loved it. I, I played the hot corner and all the way through um, competitive adult leagues, if you will, um, as well. And that's where I also decided to eat a line drive with my face. So <laughs> actually the self-defense did not defend. So it failed me. I was going to say that, that leads rather nicely into, uh, into the story, the story of, of how you, you took this from uh, I guess a passion project into becoming your 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 full time existence. I know you've you, you've recanted the story many times, especially recently. But um, for those for those listening who who maybe don't know um, how you made that transition from uh, you know doing the the whole nine to five thing to becoming a full time uh, to doing the art full time, uh, would you mind just covering it again uh, to the? Sure. Um, I'll do it in the in the quickest way I can. Uh, it's it's kind of long and complicated so i'll give the cliff notes a bit but um yeah i was playing um as much as it sounds like an oxymoron i was playing competitive slow pitch softball sounds weird um but <laughs> and uh yeah i i kind of found that that athlete part of me that was gone for a few years when i transitioned out of college fast pitch and into the real world um and loved it i ended up being sponsored by louisville slow pitch here in canada and um that was pretty cool i love i mean truly loved it and uh was playing in our elite division if you will which is the the top tier for for bc canada um and co-ed so i was playing still always comfortable at third base and you know as my arm got more i had a lot of issues with my shoulder um, eventually it was never my problem in, in, uh, college. Like I always was like, Oh, that sucks for people that have shoulder issues and knee issues, but I just didn't. Um, and then my shoulder started to give. So my problem was I was never comfortable being anything but flush with third base. I didn't like to be back any further. Also thought I was too cool for a mask. Like what is this mask thing? Like why are women <laughs> and dudes wearing masks at third and first and like, what is that? We didn't do that in college. Like, meh. You know, I just grew up in a time where those weren't even made. So I just never thought I needed one. And that was stupid. I literally used to make fun of there's these sisters I played with and love them to death, uh, Tina and, and Tanya. And they wore masks and they were super bright. They were like neon. I'm like, did you get your mask? It's like we're running out. And, you know, <laughs> that inning in the fucking face. So, you know, and then it was like for part of my language, but it was like later that, you know, it was almost it was like the same weeks so of weren't sure if it was too soon, but I was like, I think I made fun of your mask right before. Like, yeah, you did. You, you did. You did. <laughs> but anyway, so I was playing third base and um, yeah, you know, and I, I feel so bad for the guy that hit it too, because there's no way he meant to. I mean, and I, I know that was uh, probably one, it was really hard for him to, you know, 
after he hit me. So a lot of people always ask, like, was it a guy or a girl? Oh, a guy should never be hitting out a chick. It's like, no, I was more than capable of feeling a ball. It was a freak accident. And he didn't mean to. And um, I just I just remember seeing the, the ball kind of tail in a weird way. And I remember just trying to get my glove up. And the last thing I really remember, as gross as this is, it was the sound it made when it hit my face and my head. Yikes. And it hit, like, kind of caught my eye and the forehead area. It basically hit all the main bones. So, which may have benefited me in the long run, because it didn't shatter anything. It's a, it shattered in here, but it didn't shatter any of the, I didn't need to get a plate in my face. Um, I was knocked out, uh, fire department showed up, ambulance, all that good stuff. Um, if you want to learn more about the grievances I'm trying to work through, uh, feel free to check out the videos on my Instagram and Facebook. But basically, I went to the hospital um, after being knocked out and, um, yeah, severely deformed face. I don't, I don't know how else to put it. You can look at the video and see the pictures. There's no, like, oh, it's a, it looks like a little purple eyeshadow. Like, my face was deformed. Um, and I was given an x-ray, told I had no fractures and to go home with ice. No painkillers, no concussion protocol um no no referrals nothing um and by the time i was you know almost home the amount of pressure that had built up on my eye was starting to, to be quite alarming and um i delayed concussion symptoms i didn't even know that was a thing but i was so out of it i went to work the next day with sunglasses on like i'm here like walked in you know my my everyone was like oh my god oh my god you know i'm just like it's okay i'm fine i'm fine and i i was just so out of my mind and I had no idea how bad everything was and so I was sitting at my computer staring at the screen and finally my boss was like you gotta you need to like go home like this isn't good and um, I went and saw an eye doctor because I couldn't see um, so my one eye that was open I could see a little bit but it started to kaleidoscope it looked like a kaleidoscope um, and then I get sick I get physically sick because it's like being on a roller coaster all the time and um, they ended up doing an op the I saw an ophthalmologist who ordered the CT scan and there were several fractures in my face as well as a brain bleed, so a traumatic brain injury um, and a hemorrhage retina. So it was actually a very serious injury and I'm lucky that when I went to sleep, I did in fact wake up. Um, and it's been a, a long battle of finding my way back. Um, I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I've had my, my true mind since it happened. Um, Anxiety and panic attacks have always been a part of my life, but they became a part of my every hour, my every minute. Um, it's like my brain was caught in a loop. Um, I'd forget things a lot. My short-term memory was failing. I would sometimes wake up and not remember how I got home, which is a really alarming feeling. Um, and that's without substances involved. I'm not talking like a good party at college. I literally would just be a normal day, night, go to sleep and not wake up in the middle of the night, kind of like, you know, like when you wake up from a nap, that you shouldn't have taken. It was too long. And you're like, did I miss work? And it's the middle of the day. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. We all know what that's like. It's yeah. like that. And I just lay there kind of panicked. Like, when did I, when did I walk myself up to bed? Like, Oh my God, when did I get here? And it started to get really scary. And then I would just start crying and then laughing. And it was like the most bizarre thing because as much as I hate to admit this, it's important for me to say this. I thought concussions were a mindset. I hate that I say that, and I hate that I ever thought that. Um, and I'm sorry to anyone that I thought that about prior to my own in, my own experience with it. But I, I literally thought, after a few weeks, if you're still saying you're no, you you feel weird, like maybe you need to just toughen up a little bit. Kind of like you don't need a mask. You know, it's like karma twice. Um, 
And yeah, I, I did all the wrong things. I got on a plane three weeks later. Um, within four weeks, I was playing full time again. Once my eye basically had vision back, I wore a mask at that point. He <laughs> <laughs> made spot it for me. I was like, thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, do, I, I remember specifically remember diving for a ball. And then I was sick for, for a week, just wow. so sick. And that's when I realized hey, I got it. Something's not right. And I've been chasing my health and my mind and my sanity since then, to put it honestly. Um, and uh, yeah, I started trying to understand what I needed to do. Um, the problem was my injury at that point had, by the time I finally got the referrals needed, Canada's healthcare system is a little bit different. You have to get referrals. You can't just walk into a place and make an appointment. Your primary, the emergency doctor should have faxed to my GP who should have then made a referral. Then you get in line and blah, 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 blah. So by the time I finally got a referral to GF Strong, which is a place here that deals with head injuries, um, we had just passed the six month mark. And they said it's too old to treat after six months. Oh. What we learn about head injuries is that's not the case. Um, and so I just felt like I kept hitting dead ends. So I, I started driving to the States um, to be seeing because I was like these panic attacks and then depression hit and I had never experienced depression I'd always had anxiety and panic so you you know there's always a little like sprinkle of depression in there like oh this sucks but I did not know depression until my head injury um, I didn't understand what people meant when they said they couldn't get out of bed because they were sad you know again one of those things where you just take you take advantage of you're like oh just get up just walk down the stairs do your things you know mm laundry and take a shower you can do it no you can't <laughs> it, it literally feels like the most monumental task and that's that's when I got scared that's honestly when I was I was truly scared because I I started to I remember having a conversation with my doctor and I, I say all this because it's important and I want people that have had head injuries or even haven't and struggle with mental health to know that you can get out of it because there was a conversation I had with my doctor where he specifically said are you suicidal I said, I don't think so, but I don't know that I want to be alive anymore. And I hate admitting that and it hurts to say it, but that's where it led me. Um, and I didn't feel like I had any control over it. I didn't know what was happening with my own brain. Um, so I've had eight surgeries in the last 10 months. Um, all the misdiagnoses, unfortunately, one of them was a fracture, um, a mentally displaced jawbone. So I have a permanent screw up here now. Uh, these people will forever be implants. Um, my jawbones had multiple grafts. My gums had multiple grafts. Um, the rest of my teeth are real, but have all crowns on them and they have significantly shortened roots. So I'll likely need more screws in my jaw. Um, and it's been a long, long road back. Um, I have brain ma mapping on Wednesday. Uh, so lots of different, you know, trying to figure out which parts of my brains aren't communicating properly. Um, and throughout all this, I found art to try and express myself and also find that sports part of me that didn't wasn't able to exist anymore um and then i fell into making sports art and then my life changed for the better a bit <laughs> uh, <laughs> this, this is kind of the rose that grew out of the cement to be honest with you. um i'm grateful for it i don't recommend getting smoked in the face to see if you like find your dream career but um <laughs> yeah there's still a lot there's still a lot that I, I'm very honest with people that there's still a lot of days that are hard but overall um I think I've, I at least have the knowledge now to know what needs to continue to happen for me to keep getting more um further along in recovery so I'm glad that more and more people are talking about head injuries I'm glad more and more people are 
remembering the athletes entertain us, but at the end of the day, that's not all they are. They have families and sports end for them. So if we're not protecting our football players, our hockey players, our rugby players, our baseball players, our soccer players, their life as a professional athlete will end one day. And it's kind of um, effed up if we, all we care about is how they perform for us on TV, yet we're setting them up for, by not caring and not pushing back on head injury protocols, we're setting them up for potentially a life that ends too soon. Hmm. And I don't think that's melodramatic to say anymore. I think there's been enough incidences where we, we, we should start believing that and understanding that and really trying to, you know, be aware of the mental effects as well as the physical effects. So yeah, that's been the other part of my mission. It's like artwork. And as my platform grows, I try and speak out more about mental health as well as, um, yeah, properly. So. Yeah. so touching on that, you also have another project you haven't been able to chat about a whole lot, uh, the Create Without Fear project. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. Um, yeah, so I, because art was kind of my, my way to talk without talking, um, I wanted to encourage kids to kind of express themselves, especially during COVID and things like that, or kids that didn't, you know, weren't the coolest or aren't the coolest in terms of, you know, how we decide that as young kids. Um, you know, so I, I have a bunch of art notebooks that I make and, and it has kind of my slogan on the front, which is create without fear. I, it's a slogan I can't with, if someone else has it already, sorry about that. But um, <laughs> like, it's fine, but maybe someone else had it out. Um, but it's just, it's about, and it has all these different things like um, play without fear, create without fear, dance without fear, basically express yourself and don't worry so much about what the world is going to say in return. And it's a reminder to myself too. Um, and so what I do is, you know, if I see a kid tag me with art or something on social media, I try and send a care package and I actually just got these in today. I'm kind of excited about them. Usually I send art notebooks and colored pencils and all these different things, but I started trying to do something, some new things. So we've got little uh, kids gratitude journals. So, you know, it's a tough time. So trying to remember what we are grateful for. So, you know, it gives them a chance to kind of express themselves, like how they feel today. What are they grateful for? What was tough today? You know, like talking about things in a way that's private in their safe space. Like this doesn't need to be on the playground with the people that aren't nice to you. This mm. is just yours. It's your space. Um, and then also baseball cards. So I'll include a little starter pack of baseball cards if that's what they're into. I just picked up a hundred different comic books yesterday for kids that aren't into sports. Um, but try and send a little package with a note that's like, hey, by the way, I wasn't very cool in high school. And look, I'm with some of, some of the, like I sat in with Willie Mays idolized him as a kid so what you are today if kids don't like you it has no no relevance to to your future just keep being you because as i was kind of a loner and not the coolest i was building creativity and that creativity has given me a life that i never thought i would have had so it's just kind of a reminder to kids to just hang in there and um and also adults and to just do what you like and don't worry about what the social media is going to say, cause I've learned one thing and there's literally nothing you can create where there won't be at least one person that's like, ew, ugly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you off air after this, but we'll definitely, we'll probably have a few people say they'll want some packets and we'll get some stuff shipped over this way because uh, I put it up, we're actually running a card or we're running an art competition right now. Which has, oh, cool. and so yeah, so we no, were I'm trying to get people into uh uh, card art because it's the big thing here and so yeah. we and graham and another friend of ours are sending baseball cards to people as they come up and see what you can do 
and we're, we're having okay. a lot of fun with that there. So um, I'm yeah, sure. Well, this on this side of the, the pond, let me know, and I'll um I'll I'll chip in as well and send some stuff. And um yeah, it's 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 kind of something I do kind of quietly because I one no. I don't know if you know how hard it is to get boxes of baseball cards, but it's kind of tricky. So I worry about supply sometimes, but I did just get a ton of Target or uh, Walmart yesterday. So I'm feeling pretty, pretty jacked. Got some cards again for kids, but oh, um, how many grown men did you have to beat up to get it though? That's the real question. But I did feel very ashamed. I was like, I swear to God, they're for kids. It was like, had like my aunt full of them. I felt so ashamed. But in Canada, like I just kind of slid under the radar a little bit, checked them out. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I, I opened them all. I separated my team. We usually ask, you know, the kid what their favorite team is. And they don't care if it's a, you know, million dollars. Well, they probably would, but they don't really. <laughs> like, they're not going to protect the corners of that. And they shouldn't. They should have fun with it. They should play with the cards. They should, you know, like we used to do as kids. Look at the back. Read the stats. Do, do fun stuff. It doesn't all have to be serious and put on eBay and meant for money. Like, I just want kids to be kids again. Because they don't get to be anymore. And especially with this digital world during COVID, it's like, they're on more Zoom meetings than I am, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> and that sucks. So yeah, I'm just trying to do my part. And, and I'll say one more thing on that. Um, uh, as mental health is a huge thing for me, um, I do volunteer at the suicide hotline and as an operator. And one of the most alarming things, and I say this in a lot of my podcasts, because I think people need to know this, is that the rate of suicide for youth is going up and the age is going down. And that's that's terrifying and that's a problem. And as adults, we have opportunities to do things to help with that. And maybe sending out 10 care packages doesn't do anything, but maybe it does. Maybe one strikes a kid and they're like, they have a postcard from you that says they've got a friend in the, you know, from Tea and Tops and that's the coolest thing because you guys are on live and you've got all these cards and these people. Like you just never know, right? So. Um, that's kind of why I really try and focus in on kids a lot is because you never know. One of them might just meet, need an adult to, to let them know that they've got a friend out there and that the other stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, it's something we've spoken about a little bit about. I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've covered it on the webcast, but, um, but yeah, the, these things, they, they should be a, a distraction, especially when we went down what we commonly refer to in the UK here as lockdown version one. Um, so like a year ago, we've been in lockdown in the UK here now for just over a year um and yeah we we really found that and and i think that's a lot of what drove this this huge uptick and increase and and not just baseball trading cars but trading cars in general it's people wanting that sense of familiar familiarity which is a word i can't say very well uh, but yeah just that, that that connecting to something from their youth and, and perhaps trying to rediscover it uh yeah. so yeah it's it's yeah it's a really important point really big opportunity for community to mm. there you know and i think a lot of people are drawn to that because of the community and that's why it can be kind of discouraging when someone says something on you know the pages and everyone's like you idiot you know and it's like <laughs> sometimes i realize we don't always have to comment on things we don't like and i know that should be common sense but it's not and we also should stand up for things that are wrong but thinking a card's worth a price that you don't agree with is not an injustice in the world okay we don't need to have like a battle about that however um you know i think it's given people this sense of community and i've seen it rally on my behalf when i had all these surgeries a bunch of the card art guys on on twitter um started selling their card art to benefit me and it was the most beautiful thing like i saw a community that you know i didn't know outside of 
I wasn't even in the tops project yet. I was kind of a nobody. Um, Twitter was new to me. I didn't have like a lot going on there. And, you know, all these people rallied around and, and that's, that's really neat. And I think we need things like that instead of, you know, the division, it's nice to see people come together over something like cards. Cause like you said, it does kind of bring out the kids. And that's what I love about F dots art um, and, and artists like that. It's like his Aussie Smith, that that's fun. That just that that's someone not worrying about realism. That's someone worrying about having fun while they make art, and I think that really comes through in his cards. And um, I love that about him. And and I think that's why Party's cards are doing so well. You know, um, it's like speaks to the comic book world, the kind of fun fantasy. It's a story kids like when he talks about you know Mike Trout's story that went along with it. And I think that's great. We all need to tap into that a little bit more, especially in these times. For the love of God, it's just. <laughs> Yeah, these these super fun times, right? <laughs> <laughs> How normal. Remember yeah. that when it first started, we were like, it'll be just be a couple weeks. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A, a couple of weeks a year ago. <laughs> yeah, I, ago. I got home days before they 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 ended spring training. They they shuttered spring training, and I just got home. I was like, oh, right. that's not long. A couple of weeks. Someone's like, it's it's gonna go till Christmas. I'm like, you're so negative. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. And here now they're are. like, next Christmas. I'm like, shut your mouth. <laughs> Do not- <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear any of. It. So yeah, it's um yeah, it's it's a weird world right now. But I know it's really depressing to be in my Instagram reminders from a year ago. And it's, you know, me holding like two things of toilet paper, going, I swear I'm not hoarding. This is the only thing. And once for a neighbor, you know, this is like that was a year ago. <laughs> Or how we were all like airport rules, snack and have beer whenever. And also it was like, do we have a problem? After like five months, you're like, I've had Doritos and a beer for my meal. <laughs> like, uh, like everybody's like, all I did was eat today because I was bored. I'm like, me too. Like, I mean, it's just, yeah. But I think we're, we're starting to adjust to it a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's not good. I, and I feel like it's extra hard for the kids. So um, I'm glad you guys are doing stuff to try and do your part with that too. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jason and I both got two kids, both got two girls actually. Uh, oh. So yeah, yeah. We, well, yeah, I've been through the, we've been both been through the joys of homeschooling over the last, uh, uh, the last little while. Yeah. You may well pull that face. Uh, yeah. All the parents out there, you guys are the real heroes. My yeah. God. So, so not only that is we both were stay at home parents. Graham's only gone back to work for the last year. So I'm a stay-at-home dad, you know, so I'm watching the kids full time. <laughs> yeah, all my friends with kids whenever I'm like, oh, never mind. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, oh, no, we're idiots. We, fu- we fully appreciate that. We're, we're idiots, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I'm, I can't complain about a single thing about COVID. <laughs> when I remember, like, I'm just trying to get my eight-year-old to be on the internet classroom for the next three hours without making any weird comments, I'm like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I can't go a twenty minute I'll meeting without being a fool. Something in this podcast we haven't yet that we're like, can we cut that out? No. Okay. <laughs> oh no no, there's no there's no editing here. Consider <laughs> well, yourself one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so to circle back to the art, one of the questions I wanted to ask. So one of the, the the unique features I think of of your art is that you um you do it all on birchwood, and I I wondered how you got to that medium. Yeah. Um, well, Canvas bothered me. Canvas drove me nuts. Um, well, okay, back up. I used to just do pencil work. So straight pencil work. It took forever. Um, and it's a very niche market. It's not like you can commercialize pencil art very well. 
Um, or if you do, you have to be really good and have the right, uh, it just wasn't going to be something that I could do um, often without, I, I use pencil drawings almost like meditation. So I use it when it's just me, music, and I just, it's not about selling it. It's not about me. It's just, it's so, um, I do, I kind of get in a trance with it almost. And I found that when I started trying to, when people would ask if I do a commission piece, I started like, yeah, okay. But then I didn't love doing it. Like it, it kind of made me stop liking drawing. So I knew that wasn't going to work. And this was still long before I ever thought art would be a career. I didn't think art would be a career till it just was. Um, and uh, so, yeah, then I was like, I want to play on some new mediums. Like looks kind of cool to paint. Maybe if I use the projector, like a lot of people do, I can figure it out. Like I've got basic art skills with the drawing. Like I can figure this out. Um, but I didn't like the canvas. I was so used to being able to do such finite details that on the canvas, the little, you know, the little lumps. I know no artistic language. I only see the little lumps. Little lumps. The little bumpy things with the yeah. little bristles and the and the wet the wet colors. That wet stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. No, well I'm colorblind. I'm colorblind. So you're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I always fit in so nicely when people are like, "Let's talk art." I'm like, "Please don't." <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in the right place. <laughs> I, don't I don't know anything about it. It's not a lie. I don't. Um, and so, yeah. I'm sure you prep canvases with all that gesso or whatever they call it. I only know that now because I've seen on enough signs in the art store. But um, yeah, like I, I couldn't, I didn't like it. And so I saw a piece of wood in the, in the, um, by the dumpster of the building I used to work in. I was like, oh, I'm going to try, try doing something on wood for fun for a friend. And um, she still has it. And I asked her to please stop hanging it in her house because it's really bad for me. <laughs> terrible there's like a hole in her side like i'm like take that down <laughs> but it's like it's the original wood piece i've ever done you know so um but yeah they were really 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 bad for a long time really bad but i just loved the wood grain how my dad's always been a craftsman with with wood he doesn't he, he built um I've, I've shown on my instagram before one of my favorite people ask me all the time what's my favorite art that i own it's actually a guitar my dad built me um and he's very, very impressive with uh always has been with woodwork i remember he like took apart an old um big screen tv and made the most gorgeous like cherry wood coffee table for me for college and i'd like getting fights when people would put their beer on i'm like do not <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the apartment's a mess and someone coming in like set down their nasty taps on my dad's and i'd be like don't it only took him 24 hours to make this but it's the most special thing i own but uh, <laughs> yeah it's uh he's just always been incredible with wood and so um i think i got kind of some of that from him a little bit and just always was around like he would show me like different types of wood like expensive cherry wood and walnut and like i just thought the grains in it in itself were art and also it ties to the sport. So wood bats, the old wood bleachers, all this stuff like Fenway mm. Park, so much wood and Wrigley Park and out or Wrigley Field. And I was just like, this would be kind of a cool medium to work on. And so, yeah, that's, that's what started it. And then I started using like ink and found that it bled up the grain. And so that wasn't going to work for detail. So that's when I kind of came up with the kind of blending the, the drawing, the digital world and the paint on wood. So I make a digital stencil. Um, it allows me to really get those really fine details. Um, that tissue paper then goes on the wood. You couldn't tell, like it, it's flush with the wood. Actually, I can, do you want me to grab one real quick so you can kind of see? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good thing I put pants on. 
There's no guarantee we have our pants on either. <laughs> of course, we're happy. Hey, Steph. Um, so here's the first card. Um, I'm gonna try and get the lighting wow. on straight. So you can see you don't. There's no. You can't tell that there's any tissue paper. And what it actually ends up doing is I. I kind of. See if I can turn the light down on this baby a little bit. Nope. Just That's okay. It looks really good. So, yeah. You can see like the parts that are supposed to be white in the jersey are actually just natural wood. So I, I'm able to pull kind of the. Yeah, it's coming through fine. There we go. So I'm able to kind of pull out the paper so it actually just shows the natural wood through in, in spots that would be, you know, brighter in the jersey. Um, and then get the really fine detail. And then on the edges, it doesn't bleed up the wood at all because it stops right where that seal was from the tissue paper. Um, nice. And yeah, and then it's pretty bulletproof. Um, and yeah, I, I don't really know how it came about doing it this way. Like I said, I've made like hundreds and hundreds of these and there was many, many that sucked terribly. <laughs> Very badly. So yeah. Um, and then I tried, it, it basically became, I wanted to tell a story within the art. So I want to use one main picture, yet as you look at it more and more, you see more things. Like you see the Yankees facade and the helmet. Then you see, you know, you've got the Statue of Liberty. Then you've got the, the old Yankee seats. Um, him swinging, Judge is different. There's not a lot of history, so it's not, but with Lou Gehrig, obviously, when he's pinching the bridge of his nose, everyone knows that moment. Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that's kind of how that's kind of how it looks. That's how how it came about. But yeah, what I really like about the wood is being able to use what would be white space and leaving it as a grain. You can actually see little wood grains within the jersey when you look carefully. But it's just because, um, like you can kind of see right there, that streak of wood grain goes through into the white spots. So yeah. So how do you get that to tops? You didn't take a, a photo of that and send it to them and crop it or? Yeah. Yep, so then I take a, a photo of natural light of it. Um, sometimes I have to do a little, depending on the, since it's sometimes not nice weather here, do a little bit of color correcting because the birch <laughs> can look a little yellow if it's not um, really bright out. So sometimes I have to desaturate the background a little bit, um, but leave the wood grain, of course, just kind of desaturate some of the yellow and then, here you go, see, this is fun. And then it becomes this. Yes. So then I put the um, the border on. I chose to make the cards um, and put the border on afterwards, the the year and, and all that and stuff, um, and leave the art as the art. And um, that may change, you know, if I'm asked to do this again. I think Blake Jamison did his first like that, and now is doing the cards in their full entirety on his canvas. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, I love working with the wood though. It's, it's, it's awesome. I like going and choosing it. I've actually used the grain to kind of form shoulders before. Like I've, I've got a Eduardo Nunez piece that I made for him where the wood grain curves and actually the Jersey's white. So what makes his shoulder is the wood grain. And wow. that was, that was a lot of fun. So yeah. Um, yeah. And those are all on your website. So if people want to look at them, they can see them there. Yeah. yeah. So the Nunez one uh, was just a gift for him, but I'll try and remember to put that up on my, uh, on my um, Instagram or Twitter. The thing is, uh, I didn't always do images within the images. It wasn't until I got like brutally rejected by all three card companies, including Tops, three years ago. <laughs> we're like, nothing shouts Lauren Taylor specialty. Or the, the sentence that gets me still this day is a layman hobbyist can do what you do. <laughs> Jeez, everyone's a critic, right? Everyone's a critic. I like my heart, I still hear it go like, Ugh. like, oh. I just, yeah. <laughs> 
I remember hearing that and being like, okay, yeah, no, okay. I do have to run though, so we'll <laughs> chat. I won't in the shower for the next eight days. Like it was, oh. yeah, it was, um, but it, it did, you know, as much as I hated that comment and I'm not sure I'd like, love to meet the person that said that or anything but um <laughs> i i'm glad i i'm glad i didn't get it when i wanted to because it made me change my art entirely so i started playing around with felix hernandez which is you've got the little k in the background there yeah my k card um, <laughs> yeah. so i took a, i started taking my own photos so i'd take a photo to work with and he had these really reflective sunglasses on and they're kind of you know he's pretty hip he's got the cool hair you know the little different designs in his hair and it was an off day for him and he was walking towards me and I took the photo and then I thought oh well the reflection can is of the field but I could probably add some things to that and make it more exciting and that's kind of how it all started is I started adding reflection into sunglasses then I started trying to tell a story within a helmet and then people are like you realize that if Anthony Rizzo is in the stadium he can't have the reflection of the outside and it would be <laughs> so that's really funny you mentioned that because um uh, i did the the new league baseball fun art thing that you know about that you didn't do that. Yep. and uh tim god would say that he would design stuff he works for world war one era baseball players he's like yep. it, it's so bad because you design it and then somebody go yeah that sign that wasn't existing that that company was around to the 1940s and yes yeah, you just get so frustrated because there was always that one critic and go, for fun now sometimes i'm like oh my god you're right that's on the outside why would he be wearing his helmet outside like i, I now just kind of <laughs> i let them think that they they just made me like have an epiphany that i've been doing is wrong the whole time but um yeah and now i've moved into the jersey and um it's not necessarily about reflections although i do really love to toy with helmet reflections and sunglass reflections i just posted a bichette or sorry um uh kevin biggio piece uh yesterday um i decided to amazing. yeah thank you that's actually one for directly for him but um didn't do too much with the sunglasses but there's a lot of opportunity there um, then the key just becomes not making things too busy. So don't make a reflection in the sunglasses and the jersey or it's too much. So yeah, um, I, every time I sit down to do a new piece, I just, I get excited. I have all these thoughts and some of them look like crap once I've planned them out and other ones just work. And it's always like so exciting for me to reveal it when, and when it all comes together and it's how I wanted it, it's like, yes. Because sometimes I have ideas and then I put them down and I'm like, that looks terrible. And I have to start completely over. So it's all part, all part yeah. of the process, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we actually had a question about, about your, your cavern piece. Is, is that going to be available as a print or is that just a one-off? A lot of people like it. So I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, send it in for submission. So yeah, I, I can't imagine why it wouldn't be approved. Um, as a licensed MLB artist, I kind of know what would and wouldn't get passed, and I can't imagine that one not. Um, so yeah, uh, that That's should fine. be a print. It does take a little bit, so so keep an eye out. But if you're not on my mailing list, you can go on my website and scroll down and put your email in, um, and then you'll get notified right away. I'll also announce on my social media whenever a new print is available. But yes, that, that the plan is now to license that. There's been a lot of um, positive feedback on that one. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, a lot of people on this. Uh, um, yeah, the, the, we spoke a little bit before about community and, and obviously the, the baseball card community here in the UK, as you might imagine, is reasonably niche. And we're, we're, 
you know a fairly yeah. small but but very passionate band of uh, of collectors and uh, enthusiasts yeah. and yeah uh, a lot of people really excited that that, uh, that we were able to get you on um so yeah, we've had lots of questions in um lots of comments yeah. about you sharing your story as well and, and other people choosing to share that they've struggled uh previously with, with mental health issues and obviously i'll, I'll pass on uh, their thanks for you know for for sharing that uh, for sharing yeah. that a lot of people relate to your on story the, on the video when it's up later yeah yeah you'll be able to see the comments okay. yeah so i'll try and respond to those ones when i see them but um i always am grateful for people that find the courage to to speak up and say that you know they've struggled too or or what their struggle is so um until i get to those comments thank you for for having the courage to say those things yeah yeah it's, it's really nice to see um and uh, i know a, a few people who uh who I don't I don't think I've been able to make the the live stream, but I'm sure we'll be catching up or uh, have privately made that made the made that comment to me as well. So so once again, uh, I, I know they'll I know they'll appreciate it as well. Whether or not they'll, they'll comment on the video or not, I'm not too sure, but I, I know they certainly appreciate it. It's always uh, it will forever be the most important thing to me alongside art, and that's kind of the exciting part of growing a platform and. The more people you get, the more opportunity you, you have to maybe reach the right person. And it's not about reaching everyone. Not everybody's going to understand or identify with mental health, but um, they are a population that needs to hear that they are not alone the most. So, um, yeah, I, I know that, uh, you know, there's that saying, it's so cliche and kind of corny, but be the adult you wish you had as a kid. <laughs> and that's been kind of my motto. Like, I just, I wish someone had told me and pulled me aside like that nothing wrong with me that there's just an imbalance and it'll get better and you'll learn how to harness it and you'll never be without it as at the end of the day you're always going to have it but the difference is you you have a tool belt and you learn different tools and you learn how to apply them and it becomes easier and easier you no longer feel like you can't leave your apartment now when you leave your apartment you just know there's a few things i, I do if i start to feel anxious or you know i'm not to bail on this dinner i can just be honest with my friend if i feel anxious and get some fresh air so you know you start to learn things and um i wish someone had told me a long time ago that I didn't need to feel so ashamed about it and that it's not I'm not a problem like I'm not a glitch in the human race I just have a differently wired brain and um, there's actually a lot of beautiful things to people that struggle with mental health they're generally more compassionate um, because they know what it's like to not feel good or included and mm. so they care a lot about making sure other people do and um, yeah so my message to people that have struggled with mental health is you probably don't realize how special you are because that's mental health. You're always mean to yourself a lot of the time, but um, some of the most special people, most creative people out there struggle. You just don't always hear it. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's that's really powerful. Thank you again for like I say for for sharing that. Um, uh, just to to change up a little bit, I have a basketball related question. Okay. Um, so, uh, do do you like the NBA? And 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 I guess further to that. Um, do you miss the Sonics as much as Jason does? <laughs> what I was going to say is the Sonics. Yeah. <laughs> I worked at Key Arena right after they left, and I was just devastated. I want Gary Payton and Kemp and all them back. I just, yeah, I miss the Sonics a lot. But, yes, I do like the NBA. Um, I was this close to getting licensed, and then I didn't. Um, so it, it is a, a goal to expand my sports licenses and also maybe even get into, you know, sporting sport cards, trading cards and other, other realms right now. It's just, yeah, I didn't get the licensing and, um, yeah, but I, I do love basketball. I did some, um, I did some, uh, really, really bad timing 
just the way it played out. But I did a bunch of pieces for the Lakers um, and the Clippers, and they were playing each other. And unfortunately, the day before I left, uh, Kobe's helicopter crashed. And so I was on my way to do the delivery to Danny Green, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, as well as on the Clippers side. Um, Yes, I stopped watching basketball 10 years ago. The Sonics moved. I I literally stopped watching basketball until about a year ago. So, Kwani Leonard, Kwani. Hopefully that guy doesn't watch this because I feel really bad. (laughs) There's almost a a running joke through our webcast. So, Jason and I are both on the wrong side of 40. Um, Admittedly, only just. Um, and uh, yeah, every week we seem to have a moment where we forget something and it turns into another episode of old guys trying to remember stuff. So I'm, gl- I'm glad you've taken that mantle from yeah. me, from us tonight. I have the best excuse ever whenever people say, I'm like, I have a traumatic brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just sound like an asshole. Thanks. <laughs> Isn't that great? Like, it's just perfect. I do a lot of public speaking and, I, and sometimes I'm like, if I say anything bad, just, just remember, I have a <laughs> I love it. It's not my fault. And I know that that's not really funny if you truly, but I do have one, but no, that's not why I can't remember his name. I do just sometimes forget things. But yeah, I uh, I just am always like, I got hit in the head super hard. It's not my fault. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, we're just going to stop. We're going to just reverse, forget the Clippers because I can't remember that name right now. But anyway, um, it was it was really unfortunate. Uh, the timing, I... Um, it was also really beautiful in a sense to see the how much that city loves and how much the world loves Kobe. But, um, you know, the, the whole city was like literally grieving. There was shrines everywhere. And um, I felt really honored that I was even let into the facility because they had to lock everything down because unfortunately the news crews were all about like finding, wanted to get that shot of the basketball player crying or LeBron yeah. crying. And it was just kind of like, ew. Like just let, let it be for a little bit, like give him a minute. And I didn't actually get a chance to meet LeBron. Um, and that was a bummer, but at the same time, totally respect it. And, and that's a situation where if you can't respect that, you need to have a word with yourself. Like, yeah. uh, would you want to meet a bunch of people right after your friend died just because you're LeBron? No. So um, I did get a chance though, because it happened right before I left, I basically stayed up all night to make a tribute piece for him of him and Kobe. So it's a, it's a photo of them hugging and in the back of LeBron's jersey is um, kind of Kobe and him laughing. And then in the, on the backside of the panel is the tweet that um, Kobe had sent out right before he passed away to, to LeBron basically, you know, after, I can't remember exactly what the tweet was, but it was like, you know, about continuing the legacy of it. And um, it was a, a, a powerful piece, I think. And I, while I never got to hand it to him personally, I hope it meant something to him. And um, yeah, it was, it was my first basketball delivery and I, w- I really enjoyed it, if that's the right word, um, but would like to, you know, hopefully do more basketball art in the future for players. Um, they're a lot harder to get a hold of. I don't know if you noticed, but basketball players have massive followings on Twitter. <laughs> it's a little harder to penetrate that whole like world, um, especially when you know you're an MLB licensed artist. It's it's. I have that check. I got the verified check last week though, so maybe it'll get easier. Ooh, nice. Yeah. There you go. Congratulations. <laughs> that counts for something, right? Do you yeah. go straight? Do you still go straight to spam with that? I think you do, but. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll, it'll be the it'll be the the glitter on top of the trash 
and they'll be like, oh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> speaking of heroes, obviously Kobe and LeBron are big heroes. So that. How about your hero? Have you been able to get your artwork to your hero yet? Ryan Griffey Jr. And no, really- uh, I think your personal hero. I think I read some of Ellen DeGeneres is your personal hero. No, okay, so. <laughs> I did my research. So. <laughs> This. I had a really big problem with the way that article was titled. Oh no! <laughs> She's not my personal hero. Okay. I, Pink is my hero. Pink is your, okay. Pink. No, so I want. I do a gratitude project often. Um, mm-hmm. It's a big thing. I I make an art piece for a public figure or a, a community member or a friend that's done something that I think is positive and impacts our world in a good way. Um, a lot of times it is someone that not everybody knows, like a, like a close friend that I know, um, you know, who has either helped me personally or maybe someone in our community, our Vancouver locally, that's done a lot for the community. Sometimes it's just everyone's wants a celebrity where I've seen them use their platform and their philanthropic efforts for, um, you know, good. And I want to show gratitude for that. And, um, you know, I think during the time when there was so much like, negativity with politics and all that stuff is like Ellen and and all the people she had on her show was kind of a bright spot and she also did a lot of work with animals specifically gorillas and stuff and I was like you know I'm gonna do a gratitude project for let's see what happens maybe she'll get it and I'll get to hand it to her maybe it'll end up on her show or whatever and um, the gentleman that wrote the article suddenly made it about that piece and that she was my hero (laughs) I'm not saying she's not great but she's not, she didn't shape my life. <laughs> and I kind of pushed back on the title a few times, like, no, no, this is gratitude project number 37. Like, I make them for people that I find special, but heroes to me are, uh, that's a big word. Like, yeah, I'd say that's incorrect. Okay, fair enough. But it doesn't mean I don't like, it doesn't mean I don't respect what she's done. Um, It just means that, no, she's not my personal hero, but solid research. (laughs) It just just goes to show that artistic license is available pretty much anywhere, right? I know. Like, I was like, oh, damn, what's the title? I remember reading it being like, that was was a stretch. That might be a bit of a stretch, but I do think she's great. She's done some great things. Then all the stuff came out that maybe there's some not so great things. So yeah, let's not. We'll go there. We'll, we'll no, ask you a question. I, I know you'll have an answer for it. I won't put my foot in my mouth here. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't put your foot in your mouth. You were not the one. Someone uh, just put it in their mouth and refused to take it out. And I was like, great. <laughs> we're not, you know, not going to gonna fix this. Okay, whatever. But I love that you found that article. Good on you. Well done. Did your research. Uh, um, like I've, I've been I've been fanboying all day. I literally like was up to like four o'clock last what do you mean night. All day for like the last month. Okay. Did <laughs> <laughs> like, um, you Lauren Taylor is my hero? Yeah. Um, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fu- I'm fully throwing Jason under the bus, and I do is, not like feel I said, bad about it. I, I was so excited when you said <laughs> you come on. I, I was the same way with Anika Orak, which I love her illustration work. She does such cool stuff there, and yeah. I love her book on the on the All American Girls Professionally. Um, ah, that was my report in middle school. I will forever rem- like AAGPBL. It's like burned in my brain. That, yes. that, everything. So yeah, I, I loved all that. But 
um, well, I got to use it for bedtime stories for my, for my girls. So I was like, all right, here's these girls that play baseball there because they know I play baseball or used, used to play that. baseball. So they, they love it. Um, and I'm trying to inspire them to play. It's not quite there yet, but we're getting there. Um, <laughs> so your, your first piece was James Packard, the, the big Mabel, yeah. right? Yeah. But you, you had prints of those made up as well because you were doing limited edition 100. Do you still have a print? No. So this was before I knew anything about licensing. So technically those were not allowed. Um, so I learned a lot about licensing real quick. So <laughs> I probably, um, now that he's back on the Mariners. I, I just bought a shirt. I got the shirt from the Maple, uh, Maple Grove. So I'm sorted. Yeah, so there's a, there's a chance I'm going to be submitting that for licensing and then I will have it. So not to worry, but uh, yeah, no, that was, so Dempster and then the very next like, person that I didn't actually have a connection to or a brother to help me <clears throat> uh, get art to was, yeah, James Paxton, Big Maple. Very nice guy. Um, and it was it was kind of a rush getting to deliver that to them. And they were playing the Red Sox. So I was like, oh, what side of the field do I go to? It was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, it was my first BP I'd ever been to at a, a baseball game. And now it's kind of, it, it's the same. I haven't done it in a year, but it's, um, it never gets old, you know, being a part of that kind of intimate time for them where they're, you know, working on their swing and it's like, you, no touch, don't touch, but you're, you're still there. You know, if that makes sense. It's like, you feel like you're as close to the exhibit as you can get. And it's like, please do not touch the people. And you're like, okay, but uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, and then, you know, that's usually where I do my art deliveries. So then I meet up with them on the field and it's always a really special moment and, and a lot of fun. And yeah, I, uh, He's a very, very nice guy, and I'm thrilled he's out of Yankee Town and back back along. So. We got he sucked. <laughs> <laughs> he like you guys weren't nice enough to him. Exactly. <laughs> What's well, New York? Goodness. <laughs> I know it'd be like it's like playing. I wouldn't want to play for the Red Sox either. Red Sox are God. <laughs> like you hit, you only hit three home runs when you had two at bats, and they're like not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like no, I did. And I hit two home runs and one at bat. I didn't yeah. even know that was a thing. Yeah. So, oh, those can be volatile fan groups, but they're also yeah. diehard. So, you know, you gotta it's funny. The whenever the Yankees miss the playoffs or the World Series, which has been a few times, I'm not trying to certify to you. No, it's okay. It's fine. I'm not fighting with you. <laughs> but it's funny. Yankees fans literally boycott products like it's so funny they're all about yankee products they sell and then all of a sudden they don't they get knocked out of the playoffs and i don't sell yankee shit for like three months like, <laughs> and it, they, do, they go into like they're like in time so i'll be like no and then eventually they come back like when the when it's spring training they, they like start seeing like Giancarlo hitting bombs and Aaron Judge and they're like, oh good, as long as they stay healthy, we're winning this thing. And then they pull <laughs> one of them pulls their calf and they they withdraw a little bit again. And then they come back. It's it's like they're and then there's teams that just sell. They're like, you know, our team's just meh, we'll just keep buying stuff. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's funny. The 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 Yankees are the team where I'm always like, oh shoot, not gonna sell any prints for a few months. Like <laughs> oh. Listen, even the Hall of Famer, even like Reggie Jackson, we're like, no, no, <laughs> we are mad at our Yankees right now. So, yeah. Listen, we, all my Boston friends are irrelevant because all the players got are no longer on the team. So, you know, I, I mean, it goes both ways. So, yeah, we, we've got to take advantage of that three weeks where Stanton and Judge are both healthy. So, you know, you've got to cut some slack here. <laughs> you know what? I wanted so when I first started this, I was very like allegiant to. I had like I love the Red Sox, the end period, and the Mariners. <laughs> The end period, anybody else I don't want to talk about. 
Um, but then the more I do this, the more I meet the athletes and the more I now become fans of certain athletes and want to see certain people succeed. And I can kind of have a more overall respect for things. But I, in the beginning, uh, was doing a delivery to a couple of Yankees players while I was at Fenway. And it was the only time, if you notice in a lot of my pictures, I'm wearing one of the team shirts because I try and be respectful when I'm delivering to a team. I try, and, <laughs> you know, at the parades I go, I'm a break on you. I have a lot. You would be so confused if you walked into my closet right now. You'd be like, who do you like? Like it's <laughs> every team, every sport. Like I can, if, if it shows on today, I could just pretend I've been a fan for life by just changing my outfit. <laughs> everything. But the one shirt I've never bought is the Yankee shirt. And um, so maybe it exists in me still a little bit, but um, so there's actually a really funny photo. Giancarlo is one of the nicest humans I've met and I wanted to know like. <laughs> oh my wanted- God. I can, I can think of a lot of our audience who are going to be sad to hear you say that, but this is music to my ears. <laughs> He's like 7 million feet tall. But the best part about the photo is I've got a Boston toque on. I've got my Boston jersey. And I look I look homeless. I've got a bag, brown bag that's ripped. And I'm just, I'm just cradling it because it's ripped everywhere. And then I'm like, with all my Boston gear, and he's just kind of like laughing while he's signing a print for me. And he was just so much fun. I'm in all Boston gear. And he still was like, told the security guards to let me through because the security for Yankees is something special. Like we, even with a BP pass, they're like, ma'am, 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 stay 300 feet away. I'm like, no, but they, they <laughs> I have the art. Do they know you have it? I'm like, no, I came all the way to New York and Boston with this and I got a BP pass requested by the player and they have no idea. Of course they know, but like they wouldn't let me. And then that's when Giancarlo was like, let her through. And I kind of laughed at the security guard like me. Because they were set And then, yeah, and then I kept trying to make them laugh. I'm like, I'm going to make you guys laugh by the end of the day. Never did. Very awkward. Very awkward. <laughs> Even I could make, make some, they were nothing. They were just like all serious like we have this is a very serious and uh, but Giancarlo was just laughing at me because I had my Boston hat on and he just kind of kept shaking his head and he, he was very complimentary of the art so I went back home to my Red Sox fans and I was like I really like him <laughs> I really, really liked him he was a really really cool guy I'm so sorry now when when he he's up to bat I'm like I want him to do well but not too well well, I'm do well, but not just just slightly less well than the Red Sox are hitting that day. Yeah, yeah, that's that's acceptable. I think that's fair, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so out of all the, this is maybe a tough question to answer. I won't put you on the spot too much, but rather rather than rather than ask your your favorite athlete uh, 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 moment, what about the, the 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 most memorable? Which one? Which one do you cherish the most from all the ones you've done? Really me. Really me. Um, that's something that I think is a once in a lifetime experience. And, and especially as, you know, my age versus his age there, I got really lucky. I, I don't know how my first baseball card was like this cereal box, Willie Mays card. And I remember telling my parents, like, it's cool that they could retire. Cause I had this Willie Mays card. Like I was convinced I had the, between my two Griffey cards, my Hank Aaron cereal card and my, Willie Mays serial card that they could retire and we'd all be fine. <laughs> and uh, they're all bent and like creased because I put it in my pocket all the time. And um, when I was at um, 
so it's really funny how the story starts. I'm in MS spring training at uh, the facility for the Giants, and I'm actually delivering art to Bumgarner, Crawford, and um, Evan Longoria. And I see Willie Mays walk through, and I was just like, like, talk about, like, bam. I was just like, Derek. Like, I know he's now Willie Mays. And uh, the clubhouse manager, who was a friend, was, was like, that's Willie Mays. I'm like, I like to say hi. And he's like, no, God, no, no. I'm like, please, no. He's like, no, no, you may not. And I was like, come on. Like, I, come on. I parked in the same lot as the players. You let me do that. Like, I, I thought for sure, like, you know, the valet guy knew me. And he was going to pull up my rental car. Like, let me say hi to Willie Mays. And he was like, no, he's, he actually really doesn't like photos or anything. And I was like, really? And I didn't realize he had, he's lost most of his vision. And I could understand. Can you imagine if you didn't have a lot of your vision and people kept trying to take photos with you? Like, oh, yeah. you could easily taking advantage of, you could have a shirt that's like political or something and, you know, jump in with it. And I hadn't really thought of that before. And once he kind of explained that to me, I'm like, I could understand. And so I had previously made a piece for the original clubhouse manager for the Giants that was no longer my friend. I, sorry, my friend Abe had taken over for, and he had been there forever. And him and Willie Mays used to drive the golf cart around and like hang out. So Abe had hired me about a year prior to make a retirement gift for this guy of him in the golf cart with Willie Mays. Willie Mays had found out about this. This is all, I didn't know any of this at this point. I'm still just begging to just go like tap him on the shoulder and see his face. And um, he, you know, someone brings up, they're like, oh, that's the girl that made the golf cart art of you. And I can't remember the gentleman's name. Um, and he said, I want to talk to her. And immediately, like, my organs fell out of my body. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I forgot the English language. Like, I just was like, okay, let's do it. Like, I'm generally keep my cool pretty well around athletes. I'm not like, like, I don't freak out, but I freaked out. And so he started talking about finger painting. And I was like, oh, no, like, what, what? And he's like, I want you to do finger painting for my charity. And I was just like, oh, shit. Like, you, I don't think and I was just trying to follow along and I was like that was a disaster and then he left and I was like cool wow what a moment shit like I <laughs> what just happened and I'm told Abe I'm like Abe I don't finger paint what is he wants me to do live finger I don't know how to finger paint and, and so you know he's like well it's okay it's a good try I got a photo of the back your back and him and I'm like okay like <laughs> and I, I was just gonna be okay with that and say that I saw Willie Mays so immediately call my dad I'm like dad I just saw Willie Mays and got to say hi and he asked me about finger painting it was confusing and that was it but it was cool and uh then I get a call from him he says come back Willie wants to meet you tomorrow and have a uh, like a meeting with you like, sit down with you so I then again blackout and so <laughs> We start chatting and we're in, if you look at the photo, we're in the little equipment room. So it's just Willie and I in the equipment room. You'll see all these Tupperware containers of like, you know, spandex sizes and shirt sizes. And it's just him and I chair to chair. And I've been told he has lost most of his vision, if not all. And that I was warned, which don't ever warn someone this when they're nervous. They're like, he can be easily, you know, sometimes he can get aggravated and then the conversation will just be over. I was like, oh. <laughs> Like, what are some, what are some bad, what are the no-no topics? Like, I need, I need no, some triggers. <laughs> like, no, just sometimes he doesn't feel the conversation then it's just done. I'm like, okay, so literally no idea what could do it. So it started off terribly and I'm talking to him and I'm just thinking like, don't meet your heroes, don't meet your heroes, don't meet your heroes. Like, 
I was panicking. I'm like, this is going so badly. And so then I turn and I look at Abe to kind of be like, what do I say? And he goes, don't look at him. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God, what's happening? Like, I thought you couldn't see and now this. And, and so I just kind of had like a very human moment where I was like, I am in, I'm so nervous. Like you are my hero. I, my first card was you. I never thought I'd get to sit in a room with you and I don't know how to use words right now. And I'm just nervous <laughs> and just immediately turned into the nicest, softest gentleman. He was just like, well, just talk to me. And so I was like, okay. And we just started chatting and the, the, there's a photo of us where, with our hands are together. And so we're talking about his kind of over the shoulder catch. And he's like, you know, what people don't realize is actually that I had to turn around and throw that ball in, or who cares if I made the catch, you know? And he talks about it and he was telling me about how he was always thinking one step ahead and he would control the field. And it's really fascinating to listen to him talk about it. Cause he doesn't think about that catch the way we think about that catch. And um, then as he's talking, doing these hand gestures, I'm like, Oh my God, those hands are massive. Like they were like, so I was on live radio and called them meat mitts. So that's <laughs> again, live radio is not kind. Uh, I called them meat mitts on live sports radio here in Vancouver, but that's what they reminded. They were just massive and I don't have tiny hands. So I like put my, I'm like, Willie, Willie, can I, can I see your hand real quick? And he holds it up and I put mine up against him. I'm like, good Lord. Like that is the biggest hand I've ever seen. I was like, did you like, have to like overlap all your fingers on the bat like goodness and then he's like it's because you're a lady and he kept saying that. i'm like no it's not your hand so his his uh they called him his handler i don't like saying that but peewee was his, his assistant and uh i love that his name was peewee i'm like peewee peewee does he have he's like i was like does he have big hands he's like yes ma'am yes ma'am and so there's <laughs> footage of us kind of having and he starts laughing and then he's, he's telling me a story about how um he's in the hospital for a checkup or whatever I, I don't i still don't know why it doesn't really matter and he said someone taps him on the shoulder and he said i would turn around and like Ugh! and i was like good to know so you turn around to punch when someone taps you but i didn't do that <laughs> but he was like he was like and it's, this lovely lady says i need to talk to you and i need i want that hat you're wearing because I don't think I'll be able to sleep tonight because my wife, if you just have to listen to the video. He's funny. He's talking about how like some guy had to give, he got a Willie Mays hat and his wife wanted it. So now he had to give it to her. And now he just, all he wants is another hat. And, and so he's like, so I had to give him my hat. And he just talks <laughs> like, he's just so loving, even though I was terrified of him. So then I said, Willie, I'm not going to sleep if you don't give me that jacket you're wearing. And he just goes, <laughs> jacket and so i never did get the jacket because i left but he uh he tells peewee and he's like he's like i'm like it's on camera it's mine and willie's like just remind me when i leave you for the jacket so, you know like he turned into be one of like the most awesome conversations it's about 30 minutes with him and my favorite photo i have of him is i'm just laughing and my hands up against his and his, his hands like this and i'm just and i'm laughing and he's kind of looking and it's just it was a really special he doesn't usually allow people to film or take photos, but he, I asked if I could, and he was totally fine with it. And he, he had them bring me some tea. Like he was just such a nice man, but the, there was five minutes or so where I'm like, Oh, I'm getting, this is ending. Like, why did I don't meet your heroes? Like, this is terrifying. And then I, all I had to do was just be honest with him that I just, I was nervous. First time I've been nervous around an athlete. And I didn't know what to do. And he was just, yeah. So that was, that's gotta be 
Ricky Henderson was fun too for different reasons. He's just a hoot, but um, <laughs> Willie Mays was, yeah. I, I don't think I'll ever forget that. That that is that's a once in a lifetimer, I think. Yeah, that's all. Willie Mays. You can't go yeah, wrong exactly, with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hanger Jr. may be able to change my mind. He is, was my hero growing up as well. But Willie Mays, I mean, I, I watch him on black and white film, and I got to sit in a room with him. I mean, it's pretty cool. So yeah, that that uh, that was a special one for me. Started off a little rocky, but <laughs> <laughs> but got there, right? <laughs> painting a night to sleep about, think about how terribly I interacted, and then started the next one off wrong. Thought he couldn't see me turn around to look at A for a Q. Busted on that, like it was just like it was so bad. I was just like, I, I just want to evaporate. Like this is terrible. But no, it was. Um, such an awesome guy yeah he was like i gotta get to the casino i was like all right willie good job <laughs> oh, that's a great that's a great excuse to have to go as well <laughs> they're like yeah he likes to go to the casino i'm like god he's such an awesome dude wasn't he banned from baseball in the 79 80s because he was a casino host and there was ties with gambling with that god no no yeah yeah see i think he wasn't allowed to be on MLB because he was, you know, I, I was, as it did back in the 70s, 80s. So maybe you had it's to... not as funny that he went to the casino. So maybe that's not funny. We've just enabled him. I know. <laughs> Don't ruin my hero. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, Stop I know. It. There, it happened in like 7980. He took a job yeah. like Atlantic City as a casino host, uh, and he wasn't allowed to be in MLB because of that. Yeah, it just so happens I'm on the Wikipedia page and can confirm this information. 1979 it was. No! Yes! All right. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've ruined Willie Mays for you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the way he talks about gambling, I'm like, you do this a lot. That's cool. Whatever. <laughs> it's, it's like, does, it's like, it, it like does say that Michael he was... Jackson, Jordan gambles too much. I'm like, if I was Michael Jordan, I'd probably gamble too. I just don't do it because it hurts every time I lose 20 bucks. <laughs> it hurts my heart. I think of how much work I did to get that 20 bucks. So, you know, yeah. It does say that he wasn't allowed to place bets and he was employed purely as a greeter. So uh, we're not completely trashing Willie Mays on tonight's <laughs> I never did. No, never did. No, neither did I. I said I, said I definitely... I definitely food brought our conversation in the beginning, but uh, <laughs> so I'm a bit of an amateur historian. So I used to do this day on baseball, and so that was one reason I know that because that was okay. when the facts came up. Okay. So, so that yeah, was, no, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how his health is, unfortunately, anymore. I'm not sure. I haven't seen a, I haven't seen or heard a lot about it. Um, but uh, I hope he's doing well. And Brooks Robinson is another cool experience. Um, while I didn't meet him um, during all this like marathon of surgeries this summer. Um, I've said Brooks Robinson's one of my favorite players because I was always in love with defense. I found it so beautiful and maybe one of the few people that actually enjoy watching defense as much, if not more than the offense. And um, I've assigned Brooks Robinson jersey, just love him. And uh, he always, I'd heard such nice things about him. And I, I, I think I said it on like an Instagram live or something that he was one of my favorite players. And um, people were sending things to donate to a, a charity auction because my surgeries were getting close to $56,000 and because of the misdiagnosis, it was all out of my pocket. And um, at that point I was, you know, very grateful for the help. And so packages were coming in often and I get one and it's a tube and it says it's from Brooks Robinson. I'm like, which one of my friends thinks they're so funny right now? Like I just assumed one of my friends was being hilarious pretending it was from Brooks Robinson. Open it up and it's, um, shoot I didn't have the webcam, I'll show you, but um, 
it's a, it's a Norman Rockwell, one of Norman Rockwell's, I think only baseball ones. And uh, I think it's titled Hey Brooks or something. He's signing baseballs. And um, you wrote a personal message on there that basically is like, I've been thinking about you during your surgeries and your recovery. Um, I hope that you're, you're healthy and I get to say hi to you one day. Like, awesome. never met the guy, never even got to chat with him. And so I sent him an original back and the only conversations I've had are through our, our mailings. And it's, it's pretty cool though, like to have something like that show up on your doorstep when you're, I just found out that day I needed a seventh surgery and I was choked. Like, I was just like, oh man, I haven't even recovered from the sixth one. Like, and uh, when that came in the mail, I was like, oh my, one of my friends is just so hilarious. And then I opened it up and sure enough, it's from him. And it's, it hangs, it hangs right next to the, uh, the Forbes article because the Forbes thing is, it's a bit narcissistic to hang an article of you in your apartment, but I worked for a company where I was definitely like the kid that went to community college and everybody else went to MIT and Harvard. So I feel pretty proud that I'm in Forbes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? You're, you're absolutely allowed one fuck you piece yeah, on I'm your like, wall. Oh, Forbes. Yeah. Yeah. Second. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, that's why no one thought I'd be in Forbes today. You would say stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> like suck it's inappropriate don't say that sorry wait so yeah it's uh it hangs right next to that and it's just kind of this memory of like how tight the baseball family and community is that a player that is should never even know who i am quite honestly in terms of his greatness and where i'm at in life took time out of his life to sign a copy of the norman rockwell painting and send it to me just to wish me well like Someone that, that's special. Just the baseball community can be really, really like a family. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a pretty cool pen pal to have for sure. Yeah, don't hate it. I don't yeah. hate it. You said you, you're idolizing defense. It could have been Russ Davis or Jim Presley, but you know, at least it's Brooke Robinson. It is. I mean, the human vacuum. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> yeah. Have you ever watched the battered uh, Bastards of Baseball, I think it's called? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can't think of the guy's name, but he's like, and this guy named Brooks Robinson. I was like, okay, I can maybe beat him out at third. Yeah. <laughs> I love that sentence because as soon as they say it, anybody that knows Brooks Robinson is like, oh, bad decision. Yeah. <laughs> nope, he was actually really good at that. Yeah, and then he he kind of laughs. He's like, so I didn't play a lot at third. Yeah. So yeah, I um, yeah, that's probably one of Willie Mays that and Ricky Henderson was pretty fun too, but. And they're, you know, they're all, there's so many different special ones for different reasons too. Like my first delivery or, um, you know, just certain personalities too. Like um, getting to talk with Brian Johnson of the Red Sox. Is he the greatest superstar of all time? No, but he's one of the first people that talked about mental health. And so I will forever, that will be a very special connection to me for, for life. Um, you know, there's just, there's different reasons. Jackie Bradley Jr. is really all of the Vanderbilt baseball players I don't know who their coach is but they they have raised those men very well they're just great family oriented just lovely humans with great personalities and attitudes and respect people and they don't make you feel like they're a big leaguer and you're you know there to give them their art and they just ignore you I mean I've got bats from them that have lovely notes on them and um, I've become closer with the Walker Bueller's family um, especially their dad has been really supportive of my art and you know, each delivery has its own kind of special, special bit to it. But yeah, 
I, I don't think I'll ever be able to chop wooden mace. Yeah. That one's, that one's. That's, that's actually really nice to hear because I'm sure there's a fair proportion of them are dicks as well. So it's, it's nice that you've not you've not had that experience. <laughs> but there's been a few where I'm like, never again. Yeah, that was okay. We won't we, we won't go fifty. Well, don't worry. There, there's honestly so few. I was actually surprised. Baseball is there's a lot of humble players in baseball. It's like they're good old farm boys, most of them. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm aware. You're just like, wow, you're not my favorite. But that's happened twice. I will say Domingo Santana, I brought him art and he's like, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't mind telling people that one because it was so brutal. I was just like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Like, what do you say to that? I was just like, I'll, I'll just put it back in my bag. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> it's like, I was giving art to D Gordon and Mitch Hanniger and Marco Gonzalez that day. And I was like, um, you just told me you didn't want my art. And they were like, Oh, like it was so <laughs> and then, I feel like I got the best karma. Cause then I'm sitting in the outfield watching that game. And he missed the most obvious fly ball. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> he got Suck it, Domingo. <laughs> he got suspended that year for, I don't know, steroid or some shit. And I was like, well, I don't feel sorry. Maybe you should have taken my art. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to buy it. God. Yeah, that, that one I don't mind calling out. Because he straight up was like, nah, I don't want that. I was like, oh. <laughs> like, I know. Just put it back in my bag. Just casually. Like, no big deal. It didn't even, wasn't bringing it for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, for, it's for a different Domingo Santana, actually. Yeah. You know, it looks a lot like you, but it's actually not. Yeah. <laughs> don't, you have, don't you have a brother? Yeah, it was never for you. I just was showing you. So I was actually going to burn it, but I just wanted you to see it first. Uh, that, was, that was definitely the, that's the only name I'll use because that was specifically like, wow. Okay. But yeah, no, most people have been absolutely <coughs> wonderful to, to, to deal with and have been a lot of fun. So. We want to call it a night. We've taken two hours of your time and we really appreciate it. It's probably the middle of the night for you guys right now. Oh, it's, gotcha. uh, yeah, it's approaching 11 p.m. So we're just like as 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 dads with young girls, we're just hitting our stride. This is our quiet time. This is this is where we're productive. And... <laughs> <laughs> where I crashed from staying up too late last night. It's like 3 p.m. here where I'm like, mm, coffee. Um, <laughs> well, on yeah. the on the on the subject of coffee, I know that Jason had an, had ah. a critical question that we have to get okay. in. Okay. So yeah, so yeah, so this is one of the big questions we need to ask. So, is it Tim Hortons or Starbucks these days? Ew, neither. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, Jason, I liked you till now. No, no. no, I am. This is what's sad. It's like medicinal. I'm like so far in my addiction that I have a fancy espresso machine and I, it's like medicinal shooters of just straight espresso. But I, I am kind of snobby. I'm like a wine snob, but only it's coffee. Like I can taste yeah. I feel like one of those people that's like, mm, accents of cocoa, a little bit of birchwood. Like, I, I swear, <laughs> I don't like the floral hints of this one. Um, but I am obsessed with coffee. And so when people say Tim Hortons or Starbucks, I'm like, maybe this is my last place and I have a really bad headache. Um, I actually, so bad that I bought a portable, um, like for camping, a high pressure hand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I could bring it to hotel rooms with me when I traveled to games. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a true Northwester. I mean, we were on the coffee culture long before everyone else. You know? But I will say, I, I for years was obsessed with Starbucks, so I shouldn't have on it. It's just, I started getting, Vancouver's very, um, 
lot of very fancy breweries and coffee roasters. So I got kind of spoiled. And now once you've had like a really good espresso, it's hard to be like Tim Hortons. I'm like, is this just dark water? What is this? <laughs> I'm like, is this burnt water? Like, you know, you just don't know, but um, wow. I just made myself very unrelatable. And I'm <laughs> no, actually you're not. So uh, we, we, we used to do all your, coffee. all your audience is like, hey, she's the worst. No, no um, it's, I'm the same way because I, I get my coffee from Sweden because it's gotta be Swedish roast that we have that I, cause my wife's Swedish. And so it can only be the Swedish coffee. Stuff at us, like he's done with us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cle no, clearly I, clearly yeah. you're better than me. So I know, yeah, my, I know clearly. my place. Maybe try harder. Don't have kingdom. <laughs> No, you have a kingdom in the background. You better order Starbucks. I mean, I feel like it's only fair. Yeah, full um, Seattle. Yeah, full sand on Seattle yeah. tonight. No, I'm not proud of where I'm at in my addiction. Okay, I'm like the connoisseur of my drug now. It's a problem. <laughs> I, I have a ten-year-old golden retriever and a two-year-old, and my friend and I always joke that Fenway is like so annoyed lately that I work too much, and my machine makes a lot of sounds when the, the pump's going and when I'm grinding the beans. And every time I do it, and it's like past five. I swear to God, she's like. Fucking kidding me! Like, <laughs> like, too late. We, I thought we were going to bed tonight. I thought we were all going to bed tonight. Like she just, she looks at me like she is so disappointed. Like we don't have espresso after five, mom. And <laughs> the little one's like, yes. But um, no, I swear she's disappointed in me right now. Uh, yeah, let me see if I can do this without. So is it only espresso, or do you do press French press coffee? Do you see her right now? Oh yeah, it's just pasta. Yeah, she that's 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 how all she wants life to be. So when yeah. she hears she's hey, like don't we all? Uh, I can relate. <laughs> Did you sleep like that too? Just <laughs> Yeah, just starfish. Yeah, mad starfish. Yeah. <laughs> it, I might I'd wake up with like my neck hurting and my back and all the things. But yeah. Fair yeah. question about so it, it is um I, I have to say I, I do work really long hours and especially lately, but um, if I was doing it, doing any other job I've had in the past, it would be a lot different, but I genuinely enjoy what I do. So it's just, it doesn't feel quite so abusive, you know, like it's more just like, oh shoot, I'm still working. I should probably head to bed. Um, but I do want to get to a point, you know, where I'm a little bit more in moderation with my hours, but this tops thing has been um, such a they have a full-time online store and so that was already getting busy and then with the tops thing um and not knowing how to like not engage with every comment that says my name um was uh yeah it's a challenge but that's why i okay since you guys are super famous if rebel hears this <laughs> i want to be sponsored by you because i do good by your products that is my third rebel machine right while wow, you're wearing them out <laughs> wearing them out right on the next tier <laughs> i give them a shout out on every podcast they fuel me so you guys are famous so tell breville okay? <laughs> i don't know about famous infamous perhaps huh. <laughs> hey, it's you're infamous thing. you had one of the, the the only baseball injuries in the uk you were infamous for that that was infamous i did manage to get yeah i did manage to get baseball into the mainstream british media uh, by crashing into one of my teammates and breaking his leg in four places yeah, uh, I mean, I'm dedicated to get those column inches. Probably less proud, but you know, you know, you, you at least you didn't break it in one spot. You want to make sure you got some good time off work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. So I, I, I guess, I, I guess, as being somebody who's inflicted a major injury on somebody, yeah, yeah, I can sort of see kind of 
both sides a little bit of your story. Yeah, uh, yeah I kind of want. You're like he didn't mean to. Yeah, uh, I, I walked away yeah. with I walked away with cracked ribs, and yeah, he was like in hospital for a while. So. You should have kept complaining about your ribs, been like, bro, oh my <laughs> yeah. I had to drive five hours five hours home right after doing it. I, I tell you, baseball, I can hear the screams, the, the pictures about ah. He's giving him flowers, and the note says, "My ribs hurt so bad." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the hospital, he gets a little he gets a little gift basket and just says, "My ribs hurt, but I forgive you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baseball. Yeah, amateur baseball in the UK is pretty wild. <laughs> I, I feel like I need to watch a game if legs get snapped in four places and ribs. And- it's, it's very interesting. So you have guys who have played maybe we have guys playing the minor leagues. We have guys that have played collegiate ball, and then you literally have guys who have like I just went to Fenway and have a glove, but I'm right-handed, so I have a right-handed glove. <laughs> but I like baseball. <laughs> so, I like, played yeah. when I first moved here. We wanted to play co-ed uh, or Rex Rex low pitch, um, and I was like, I don't know anyone, and they're like, Well, you can sign up as an individual and we'll put you on a team I'm like well that thing makes me feel like a loser but all right <laughs> i was with all the esl students so no one spoke english and it was just me and they're like do they bring gloves and i'm like no no you do you have a glove and one girl brought out her glove it was a dora the explorer from like canadian tire like a little kid's <laughs> glove and she like puts it on her hand i was like oh god oh god and the other team was a normal team and i was just like I'll play shortstop, pitcher, catcher, first, second. You get <laughs> out. Like, and they're like, wow, that glove is nice. I'm like, it's okay. Oh, boy. I think I made it about two games, and I was like, this isn't going to work. Someone's going to get killed. Yeah. So, But, hey, that's what happens when you don't know how to make friends because you played, you know, college and high school athletics, and you're like, how do I do this with real people? You just go up and ask people, like, what, how does that work? So yeah, but you gentlemen probably are ready to get to bed. So I oh, will, uh... gosh, we'll be up for another couple hours. But yes, yeah, I know I get accused of chatting up guys all the time because I see people with baseball hats. I'm like, you're a baseball fan. Yes. Oh, I think <laughs> I I'm like, Red Sox fan. And they look at me. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, I just liked it. Just like, like the oh, hat. Yeah. <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> me. Why do you embarrass me? Put like, they just, just say yes next time. And I won't feel so stupid. Or I've, yeah. I've, gone as, I've gone as far as being like, four to three, we're up against the race, eighth inning. And they just look at me like, and my my friend, Sean, who I'm often out walking the dogs with, is like, you're so embarrassing. Like, it never, <laughs> no one ever says back, oh, yeah? What inning? <laughs> Never. No I, one has I, ever reciprocated you. Just stop. I'm like, okay, all right. Jesus. It's funny you say that because I was wearing my Green Monsters hoodie I have. Uh, and, and this lady like tracked me down. She's like, Are you a Red Sox fan? I'm like, yes. She's like, yes. Someone can speak the sport. I'm from Boston. I cannot wait. And she I feel was a little bit like that even in Canada. I'm like, what's your dog's name? I'm like, Fenway. And they're like, Runway. I'm like, no. Why would they have my dog Runway? She's really pretty, but that's a bit narcissistic. Like, like no Fenway. And they're like Fenway. Fen- Fenway. I'm like, like the park. They're like. I don't forget it. They're like, what's the other one's name? I'm like, Shay. And at least that sounds kind of normal. But I'm like, it's a, it's a baseball, the Red Sox. Never mind. Runway. Her name's Runway. Runway. Yeah, we'll just go with that. Yeah. yeah she's pretty. Yeah. Her name's after Runway because she's pretty much good. Yeah. So, so that's. Questions uh, to wrap up? 
Uh, no, we've um, uh, we've I've sparked off some kind of riot by by bringing up uh, Starbucks versus Tim Hortons. There seems to be a lot of love for Tim Hortons in the chat. Um, oh, oh, Timmy's is good. I uh, the donut, the the Tim bits, the donuts. Oh just... yes, yeah. <laughs> now you're preaching to the choir. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Lots of things about Tim Hortons. I just their tea is even really good. I just don't. <laughs> I'm gonna start a riot by saying their tea's good. <laughs> no, no, no! You're you're on the you're on the perfect show for it. It is tea and tops, after all. Tea and tops, exactly. Yeah, I, I I like your commitment to the brand, and that's a fantastic way to end it. So thank you, my- thank you for a tea reference. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Earl Grey. <laughs> oh my God! Right, quick before before there actually is a riot. <laughs> English breakfast or death? <laughs> that's what I meant. Did I say Earl Grey? Shoot. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Laura, if you want, if you want to hang out a couple of minutes, I'll I'll, I'll wrap things up here just for sure. for the guys that are watching. So yeah, once again, uh, I can't thank you enough for for taking the time to join us. Let alone giving over like the best part of well over two hours now of your time. Uh, it's been really great. So uh, from Jason and myself, thank you very much. I know that the guys commenting along um, have been uh, have been enjoying it as well. We've had a, we've had your socials up on the stream uh, all night. So um, at uh, at I'll let you. LT Illustration. <laughs> let her give her own socials. I can't read it. I know. I've, 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 like, I've, I've got so many videos open monitoring the questions. Everything but Twitter. And then Twitter is LT Illustrations because you can't. It's kind of long. But Lauren Taylor Illustrations for Instagram, Facebook, my websites.com. And then uh, Twitter, LT Illustration. LT Illustration. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much, Jason, uh, as always. Uh, Thank you for, for joining us and for doing all the legwork and getting Lauren on. Uh, as, as, as I keep saying, Jason does all the legwork and I'm just here to make it look pretty. Uh, so that gives you an idea on just how bad this is. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, thanks again for, for watching along everybody. This will be available as a podcast from 9pm UK time on Wednesday. Uh, available on all your favourite podcast locations. Uh, you can watch us back on YouTube and Twitch. We have a link tree now, which is nice. So it saves me spending 15 minutes trying to disseminate links. Um, and yeah, Thanks very much, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next Monday. I think next Monday it's just Jason and I. Just and I, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, and we'll get caught up in news and stuff then. So. Lauren, thanks very much. Uh, very well. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Good night. Bye.